It is 12.57 in the a.m. The New York Giants lost their first game of the 2022 season, officially. And Brian Dable is his first loss. So, that's that. But we're going to talk about it in this podcast episode. We'll see how long it goes. Um, if you haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate you all coming back. I apologize, the quality is not going to be as good. Uh, I forgot my camera and my regular recording studio so we're going to use the uh the mac camera for right now um thanks to all the people who tuned in for our live stream i didn't expect to get that many views because it's like several people streaming the game um but i appreciate everybody who tuned in like commented did all the good stuff um so first thoughts it brought us back down to earth if anything this loss brought the New York Giants and their fan base back down to earth. And I'm going to tell you straight up, the New York Giants, I predicted them to lose. The score was 20-16. to 16. Surprisingly, well, the Giants scored 16 points, so I got that right. Not that I want to be right about that. And then the Dallas Cowboys scored 23, but I predicted them to score 20. I know we'll talk about the offense and the defense and all the other crap. But this game was not on Daniel Jones. And people will say, you know, look at his first half and all this stuff. And even Donald on the live stream was getting a little irritated with Daniel Jones missing throws and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but in the second half, he was a different guy. The offensive line played like trash. And I get it. Listen, you know, I'm not going to forgive Evan Neal for giving up three sacks. That's unexcusable. And... He's going to have to work through that. He's going to have to work off of that, have a better game next week against the Chicago Bears. But I know that this offensive line is still gelling and all these other things, but the fact that the veterans are playing like trash is so unacceptable. And this is not just one week. This is three weeks. And, yes, I get it. They've faced you know some very tough defensive lines. And... There's not going to be much of a tough defensive line next week against the Bears, but then again, I may be overlooking them. And then you got the Packers, and they got uh, one of the Smith brothers, Preston Smith, I think. I think it's the Darius Smith is now with the Vikings or whatever that situation turned out to be. They got Kenny Clark and all these other guys on that defensive line uh, for the Packers. And then the Ravens, it's not going to be easy. So, um, you know, it's going to be a learning process, but I'm just really disappointed in the vets on the offensive line. Um Another stress point we're going to talk about is the wide receiver core. It is built like trash. And I get it. You know, there's certain things you can wait to call out. And there's certain things that you need to address. Um, I think one thing I should address on here is the fact that this wide receiver core is built like trash. Here's the thing. I know a lot of people are going to say this, that, and the other thing about, oh, Daniel Jones, you know, whatever. Um, nobody respects our wide receiver core. And sometimes revisionist history can work. And not in really a good favor, but in a favor of like, okay, we got to select this guy here or whatever. Um, you look at the wide receiver core, and we'll talk about Shep's injury and all that other garbage. Because uh, it was horrible, he got hurt. Right now it's looking as if it's season ending. Which, I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys, and it's kind of 
what I am 100% of the time, if not 99.9% of the time, I'm not surprised. I mean, whether you could say it's the turf, Sterling Shepard getting injured, I don't know. But this is the wide receiver core, right? Kenny Galladay, Richie James, Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard, David Sills, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony is hurt. And I said in the podcast last Friday was recorded and Saturday was posted that Kadarius Tony needed to be a part of the game plan. And that I would rip the New York Giants if they decided not to put him in the game plan. Well, guess what? He wasn't a part of that game plan. Was it the Giants' staff fault? No, because Kadarius Tony is not available. And we could complain about Sterling Shepard being you know, injury-prone and all these other things, but he suffers like severe injuries. And I know the Twitter doctors are going to say, oh, it's a patella tendon, whatever it is. It's season-ending. Hamstring injuries, I mean, I know they nag. They hurt you. They, you know, sometimes you'll be good with them, sometimes you won't be bad. But this is getting ridiculous now. Uh, we have an injury-prone wide receiver core. Kenny Galladay should not be on the field anymore. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, David Sills this, David Sills that. You know, he should be on the field over Galladay, which is, you know, I don't think any of them should be on the field. Um, but Wandale Robinson takes one hit in the NFL, and he's hurt. Does that say something about size? Darius Slayton's not on the field. He's not featured in the office. He doesn't even have a catch this season, to my knowledge. Richie James is doing more than he should because he's one of the only vets on this receiving core that actually can be counted on. Uh, Sterling Shepard already went over. Wendell Robinson, Richie James. David Sills should not be on this roster. I mean... Great, he did you know things in the preseason. He has connection with Daniel Jones. Uh, he should not be on an NFL roster. He slipped, he fell, he caused the interception. I don't care what anyone says. He caused the interception. Trayvon Diggs got it, and that was the end of the game. Um, so he should not be on an NFL roster. It's kind of facts. And going back to my point about people saying things about Daniel Jones is the. Joe Shane said in his press conference, you know, you got to compete for today, build for tomorrow. And, you know, they were talking about quotes earlier in the offseason about, you know, getting a group around Daniel Jones to help him succeed. I can't say that they've done that officially. And some of the play has been his fault. Missed a lot of good throws against Carolina last week. Um, But with that being said... It's not a good wide receiver core. We could be one of the worst wide receiver cores in the NFL. And if you want to really do revisionist history, you could go back Wandell Robinson pick. You could have picked the Andrew Booth. You could have picked a couple of other guys. Maybe an offensive lineman. So, you know, it gets dicey there. The only thing that seems to be working for us in terms of weapons is our running backs and possibly our tight ends. Because our tight ends have outperformed our wide receivers. And our tight ends are just healthier and they're better they're exceeding expectations but that's all i'm going to say before we get into stats and stuff um so stat wise we'll go over the defense because the defense is going to be something that i'm gonna criticize but at the same time i'm going to recognize some other things as well so with that being said let's go into the stats cooper rush 21 for 31 215 yards a touchdown daniel jones 20 for 37 196 yards and interception Dallas rushing game, Tony Pollard, 13 carries, 105 yards. 
He had a long carry of 46. Zeke Elliott had a 27-yard carry that played into his 15 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. And Cooper Rush had two rushes for negative two yards. Um, I think one of them was probably the kneel down. New York Giants rushing game. Saquon Barkley, 14 carries, 81 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. He had the big 36-yard touchdown. And that was pretty much that. Daniel Jones, 9 carries, 79 yards, 8.8 yards per carry. I mean, he had a few runs, but most of them were scrambles. Most of them were scrambles. Matt Breida had a carry for 3 yards, and then Richard James had a carry for 4 yards. Dallas receiving game. Uh, C.D. Lamb, 8 receptions, 87 yards, and a tutty. Noah Brown, 5 receptions, 54 yards. Peyton Hendershot, 3 receptions, 43 yards. Jake Ferguson, Two catches for 13 yards. Semi Fajoko, a uh, catch for 12. And then the other guys were basically non-factors. In terms of the Giants receiving game, Shep had five receptions for 49 yards. Four receptions for 45 yards for Barkley. Bellinger had four receptions for 40 yards. Richie James had four receptions for 36 yards. Two catches for 20 yards for David Sills. Um, Chris Myrick had a catch for six. And then Kenny Galladay had three targets, no catches. So let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball. Dallas's defense overall, five sacks, six tackles for a loss, and 12 quarterback hits to go along with 20 semi-pressures, which is the most Daniel Jones has suffered in his career. They took the Giants' total defense, zero sacks, uh, two quarterback hits, and one tackle for a loss. Not very good. Not very good. Uh... Donovan Wilson, 11 tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence had a day against Devin Neal. Six total tackles, uh, three sacks, three tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. Then you take a look at Chauncey Golston. He had a quarterback hit and two tackles. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong had a tackle, a sack, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. Um... Dante Fowler had a tackle for a loss. Um, Quentin Bohanna, he had a quarterback hit. Micah Parsons had two quarterback hits, and Anthony Barr had a quarterback hit. So 12 quarterback hits. Surprisingly, Parsons wasn't a big factor in this game, but he was also ill. So that's you know kind of played into why. Um, with that being said, Giants defensively, 14 tackles for Julian Love. I thought he had a decent game, you know, nothing... Too much to write home about. Xavier McKinney had the only tackle for a loss. Dexter Lawrence and O'Shane Zimenez had the only quarterback hits. Um, and that was pretty much that. Kind of tells you the story about the defense for the day. It's pretty much my philosophy and uh, my opinion. But let's also go to the team stats, which plays a role. So the Giants had 22 first downs. And the Cowboys had 23. Passing first downs. Cowboys at 12, Giants at 8. We had 10 rushing first downs, and Cowboys at 9. First downs for penalties, 2 for the Cowboys, 4 for the Giants. Third down efficiency, 5 for 13 the Cowboys were, and then the Giants were 3 for 11. Fourth down efficiency, uh, the Cowboys were 1 for 1, and the Giants were 0 for 1. And then total plays, Giants ran 67. The Dallas Cowboys ran 61 total yards. Giants had 336. And the Dallas Cowboys had 391. Total drives. Cowboys had 11. Giants had 10. 
Yards per play, Cowboys had 6.4, Giants had 5. Red zone attempts, Giants didn't even get into red zone. Cowboys were 2 for 4. Penalties, both teams had 8 penalties. Cowboys had 8 penalties for 70 yards and 8 for 57, Giants were. Giants had one turnover, that was the interception and then time of possession. 32-42 for the Cowboys and 27-18 for the New York football Giants. All right, let's go into key takeaways. Then we're going to offense, defense, stock up, stock down. Some final thoughts in the end, and then we'll wrap it up. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a long podcast episode, but then again, who really likes to talk about a loss? Offensively, kind of said it before, and I'll say it again. Daniel Jones was the best player on offense. You could argue Saquon Barkley, but Daniel Jones was the head of the horse today. And it was just not enough because he was being pressured. He was being ransacked. And I was calling it early. You know, Donald was a little questionable about Daniel Jones' play. I'm like, well, he's being hit a lot. And there was really no lanes for this and that and the other thing. Well, obviously I was right, but do I really want to be? He was the best player on offense. And did he have a perfect game? No. He had some Jekyll and Hyde throws. But there was absolutely no supporting cast. Absolutely none. Wide receivers dropping passes. I mean, even if you're a Daniel Jones pessimist and you you have your mindset, well, Daniel Jones is not going to be the future of this franchise... At least come out and admit that Daniel Jones was not his fault today. And it's weird, and I know we've been through so many rebuilds, but Daniel Jones was pressured the most in his career today. I could say yesterday, maybe even that. But he was pressured the most in his career on Mother Day. And he's been through terrible offensive lines. 20-some-odd pressures. And this Cowboy defense, I mean, wasn't it the same defense we faced last year? So, I don't know. Throw that into the equation. I mean, you had, in comparison to what we had last year, and I don't think they ransacked the quarterback in, in terms of Glennon as much as they did Daniel Jones on Monday night, but you had... Thomas left tackle, you had Skurrit left guard, who's a little bit better than Bredesen. You had Billy Price, who's not much better than John Feliciano, probably isn't better. Right guard, you have Will Hernandez, and you have Mark Lewinsky. Lewinsky's better, but once again, not by any stretch of imagination too much. Um, and then right tackle, you have Evan Neal, and you have Nate Solder. So, uh, pretty similar circumstances. I'm just surprised that know that uh last year they didn't get to him as much as they got to daniel jones today but i guess uh different team different weaknesses we still can't get the ball down the field we still can't sustain a drive uh hopefully that gets fixed though because the execution is pretty fucking terrible and monday night was not monday night was not on daniel jones i should say it was not made some bad throws 
but he was not the reason the New York Giants lost. And what better could you ask out of a game-managing quarterback? He probably had the most scrimmage yards on the team. 196 plus 80, not 81, 79. 196 plus 79. Let's take a look at the math. 275 scrimmage yards. I mean, what more can you ask? Guy was rolling left and right out of the pocket, running for first downs. He probably is the most first downs on the team, if you want my honest opinion. Couldn't get the running game straight enough. I mean, listen, Barkley had, uh, you know, 14 carries, 81 yards. That's 5.8. But you take away 36. Take away 36. That's 45 on 14 carries. So let's do that. 45 on 14 carries. That's 3.2 yards per carry. So he was getting nothing other than that big run. Which has been the problem the last two games. Um, so not much in terms of the running game. O-line really couldn't block there. Giants didn't use their tight ends well. I mean, Tanner Hudson, he wasn't really used. Chris Myrick had the catch. But Daniel Bellinger, he's slowly becoming a, a weapon that Daniel Jones could count on. Kind of a soft... Nah. I wouldn't say soft, but a reliable guy. You know, not someone that you're going to game plan against, but okay, he's going to get open at times, and he's going to make the catch. At least in my knowledge, actually, no, he doesn't have a 100% catch percentage because it says that he got five targets and he caught four passes. So, um, But other than Richard James, he seems like the most reliable player on offense outside of Saquon Barkley. So um, that's my analysis on that. Wide receiver core is terrible. I, I was ranting on stream when Ken. It was that last fucking drive before the Giants moved downfield and then they stopped. Well, it was not that they moved downfield, but they punted. They did whatever, and then the Cowboys they were stopped, and then Daniel Jones throws the interception on the last drive. Um, Golly dropped the pass. Shepard's, you know, before he got hurt, snaps before he got hurt, he dropped the pass. Shepard drops a pass, could be a fumble. And it's a comedy of errors. It's kind of the same shit we've been seeing for years. And I don't want to say that, but at the same time, that's what's been holding us back, the penalties, the this, the that, the other thing, right? Um, so the Shepard drop, they wanted to get up to the line in time, but delay game. And it seems like Shepard, and I'm being real, I'm being brutally honest, it seems like Shepard had a bad game once that pass interference penalty was committed. Whether Brian Dable was pissed with him, or the refs got into his head, whatever, I thought it was a bad call, personally. I thought it was two weeks in a row that they were calling bullshit. Um, but even if it's a good call, bad call, whatever, you shouldn't have your mental game just disappear. Because that could have been a fumble, that could have been easily the end of the game, but the Giants ended up punting and doing all these things. And then Kenny Galladay, like, is it a perfect pass that Daniel Jones threw to him? No. But he gave him an opportunity to catch the ball, and he could have had a first down too. Because if he catches that and just moves right, it's a first down. It moves the chains, and we say, okay, well, you know what? Maybe the Giants coaching staff should give him a little more of a chance. Uh-uh. I want him traded. Uh, I'm done with him. I'm done. He shouldn't have opened his zip. It's pretty much that. He shouldn't have opened his big, fat fucking mouth. Because when he did get the opportunity, and there was one where Daniel Jones threw it behind him a little bit. But other than that, Gale has not shown me why he should be on the field consistently. It's just facts. And David Sills the same thing. 
You know, he's had some flashy plays over the last three weeks, but that was big. It was a timing play. If Sills catches that, that's a first down that moves the chains. But he falls down, which it's bad. It's not like, oh, you're falling down during a block or whatever, this, that, and the other thing where you can make an excuse for him. No, um, he should not be on the team. Maybe I'm being a rant fan and all this other stuff, a Fairweather fan, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he should not be on the team. He is not a part of the future. And that's, to be fair, I'm quite honest with you, it's where I start questioning this whole wide receiver construction. Kenny Galladay, you were never going to get rid of that contract, so that goes in the past regime. Kadarius Tony draft pick for the past regime. Okay, you know, can't do anything about that. You could do a little bit more in terms of using him the first two games, but what do I know? Uh, Sterling Shepard, you opted to bring him back. Yes, he was put in, you know, in a bad cap situation, but you opted to bring him back. So you could kind of split that one 50-50. Wondale Robinson, um, once again, I hope he proves me wrong, proves the doubters wrong and all that, but... Uh, you know, let's, let's be honest. He took one hit in the NFL, and he's he's been out for two games. So I'm a little suspicious, to say the least. So there's that. Um, then you got Richie James, who's, who's doing more. He's overachieving. He's doing more than asked of him. So there's that. And uh, went over David Sills. Shouldn't be on an NFL roster. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I didn't bring up one guy, Darius Slayton. He should be playing. He didn't drop any passes in the preseason, to my knowledge. He should be playing over David Sills. Why is he at the back end of the depth chart? I don't know. Don't give me this chemistry crap, because guess what? Slayton still has a connection with Jones. I don't care what anyone else says. He still has a connection with Jones. Last year, the contract. Why not try to make it work? You know? David Sills is not a part of this future, and so is Darius Slayton. You know, both of those guys, they're not a part of the future. But we're going to make one guy, you know, work in the offense, and we're going to make guy another guy not work in the offense and basically sit him? It doesn't make fucking sense, in my opinion. But, listen, um, I'm just kind of hot over this loss. And, you know, it doesn't feel good to lose. <sighs> okay, so Galde two drops. Yeah. Sterling Shepard getting injured, I mean, I can't say it's a total surprise, but hats off to Shep. I mean, he came into the first two weeks as the best wide receiver on this roster. Had a few misplays, but hope he gets healthy. I don't want to say things too early, but if it's a season ender, he might just be out for the rest of his career. Because he's had way too many injuries over the course of his career. It might just be that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too dark. Um, O-line didn't play well. Thomas had the best game of the worst. Neal didn't have a good game. Which, you know, uh, Demarcus Lawrence was going to pin his ears back and throw him at the quarterback. So, you know, I don't like Demarcus Lawrence. I think he's a scumbag, but he's also a very good player. He didn't have a sack coming into this game. Well, now he has three. And three quarterback hits, three tackles for a loss. So, you know, there goes that. Um, Neil will have games like that. And I'm not too worried about Evan Neal just as long as we see progression down the line. 
And then, well, for the interior, I mean, whether you talk about Daniel Jones or someone else being back there, the interior gave absolutely no time. Feliciano, I mean, that was a big penalty, the illegal man downfield, where Barkley had a, had a great play. I think he was past the first down marker. And then Feliciano, like, you're a vet. You're more than three yards down the field. That's an illegal man downfield penalty. So you should know that shit. Um, Glowinski, he's, he's been very disappointing. I know he wasn't a great pass protector in Indianapolis and Seattle, but he's been disappointing. To at least be competent, I mean, is that too much to ask? And then Bredesen, I mean, he had a solid game last game, but, you know, he got his fucking don't, his doors blown off this game. So, that's pretty much what I have to say about the offense. We'll talk about the defense in just a second. Defense, I don't know what to say. I truly don't know what to say. That's my opinion on this defense. I said it to people. Not that people didn't believe me, but maybe they didn't take the situation as seriously as I did. Leonard Williams was extremely missed. Um, The run defense, and I'm summarizing, but we're going to break it down. The run defense was terrible. It was fucking awful. Um, You know, Dexter Lawrence can't be a one-man show in that defensive line. DJ Davidson, you know, he went off sides. Mondo was okay. You know, he was a guy coming off the practice squad. Nick Williams was mech. Justin Ellis was mech. You know, guys that really didn't make too much of an impact. Most of their short yardage carries were like five yards. And whenever they got, you know, carries under five yards, it was DBs and blitzes going in the backfield, which I'm going to be, you know, a little critical of Don Martindale. And you all know that I've been pretty much straightforward praising him. Why were there not more blitzes? Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari were back. You can't throw different looks. I mean, it seemed like for most of the game, most of the first half anyway, that we were just not being aggressive on defense. It was like the same shit last year. We were watching the Patrick Graham defense. And I know different game, different philosophy. Um, You know, you're not going to make the same game plan that you did last game for this game. It's just not going to happen. But Cooper Rush wasn't touched at all. Other than two quarterback hits. I mean, that's nothing. And their rookie left tackle looks spotless. Tyler Smith and Jason Peters and all these other guys, they look spotless. Because the Giants didn't get there. They did not. Um, You know, I didn't see much of Thibodeau, which I can't really say that you know, I'm going to judge him because he's coming back from an injury and he's still trying to get used to the NFL. Ojolari, I'm not going to put too much pressure on. Um, but I kind of do blame the coaching staff for one thing, is that why were they not on the field on serious downs? You know, towards the end of the game when we're trying to stop those guys from getting first down after first down in the running game, first of all, in my personal opinion... I thought the clock management was a little bit horrible because, I mean, you already had that timeout from way before in the third quarter. It was like the fourth quarter. Um, so you had that. And then it was like less than four minutes, but more than three minutes ago, you start calling timeouts. Like, 
would it have made a difference at the end of the game? Maybe they would have had a little bit more time. But I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't think the management was good there. But to really dig deep on it, where were those guys? Critical downs. Is Thibodeau not good in the running game? He's better than O'Shane Zimenez, and I've given Zimenez flowers week after week after week. But to be quite fair, he's not good in the running game. He made one play today in the running game. Others, he just got washed out. He could not set the edge. And this is a problem. Like, to be fair, here's one thing you could say as well. If you knew that Leo was going to be missed, why not bring in Quincy Roche? Why not bring in Jalen Smith off the practice squad? Why? Why don't you bring those guys on? Because they could be a help. Listen, you know, you need vets. And Jihad Ward, I I thought he played decent, not as good as the last two weeks. But at the same time, he's taking on a bigger role, especially with Leo being out. And goes back to the central point. He was being missed heavily. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't have answers. For that particular aspect. Uh, Cordell Flott and Darnay Holmes struggled as well as Dory Jackson. I don't necessarily know that Cordell Flott should be on the field. As of right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's kind of... I don't know. Sad. Maybe this is me just overraging. But he needs to know how to tackle. He needs to beef up, make tackles. Because if you can't beef up and make tackles, you can't do anything at this level. I mean, he did okay in coverage. I know they put Moreau in, and I thought Moreau had a really nice game at corner. Um, you know, they picked on Adoria a little bit, which, in my opinion, is a pro- is a product of them not going after Cooper Rush. Like, where was the blitzes? Where was that stuff? Because it was that, and then also you, you turn it to the other extreme, where sometimes they did blitz, they didn't get home. And then, guys were wide open on the back end. Peyton Hendershot, uh, C.D. Lamb was open, Noel Brown was open. So, But I don't understand, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just me, in my own mind. Cordell Flott should not be playing until he knows how to tackle. Until he knows how to make a good form tackle. I don't think he should be playing. Play Pinnock over him. Play Holmes over him. Play a couple other guys over him. Play Moreau over him, my opinion. And as far as Darnay Holmes goes, in, in in the future he's going to be a problem for the New York Giants, and that's not a good thing. Um, I know Flot's going to be this project, but Darnay Holmes got really lucky that these refs were horrible on both sides, because he literally was hugging Noah Brown in the end zone, and the refs did not pay attention. Had they paid attention? It would have been pass interference, number 30 of the defense. And what would happen, you ask? What would happen is they would go drive in, and instead of scoring three, they would score seven. So there's your whole philosophy of that. Uh, Dory Jackson, I don't blame him too much. I mean, he's been pretty much spotless the first two games. He's going to have a bad game once in a while. Um, However, with, with that being said, you know, I feel that a lot of pressure was on him because, well, there wasn't any pressure on the quarterback. And then the one 
more thing I'll go over before we go to stock up, stock down, basically finish up this podcast, is the linebackers just weren't playing well. And I'm not even talking outside, I'm talking inside. Michael McFadden's going to have his, you know, times, you know, just not pursuing the run or having these different issues, but they just weren't impactful. Uh, they were going into the gaps and getting their doors blown off. That's where I feel a Jalen Smith would have helped. I mean, Calitro didn't even play that much. Micah McFadden's getting more snaps, but Tay Crowder, I mean, it's not like he's 200 pounds, but it's not like he's adequate weight for a linebacker, at least in my opinion. The way I see it, his frame and all that stuff, um, he missed a couple of tackles, and that's big when you have a young defense and you don't have your star defensive tackle. That's my opinion. You don't have your star defensive tackle, you need to up your game. And Tay Crowder just hasn't looked great this season. Um, against Carolina, he looked better, but not necessarily against the Titans. Not necessarily against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so we'll go with stock up, stock down. The only three I could say for the New York Giants, Daniel Bellinger, Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones precisely because of his fight. Saquon Barkley because of what he did in the passing game and all that stuff. And then also the rushing game. I mean, he had the touchdown, the only touchdown for the New York Giants. And then Daniel Bellinger. I mean, he's becoming a solid weapon. You know what? I'll add Richard James, too. I mean, uh, he almost fumbled that one fair catch. But, hey, listen, he, he did what he had to do in the receiving game. Didn't drop any passes, any stuff like that. Uh, stock down. Evan Neal, Mark Lewinsky, Ben Bredesen, John Feliciano, pretty much the whole right side of the O-line, not named Andrew Thomas. Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, David Sills, not a good day for the wide receivers. Um, Cordo Flott, Darnay Holmes could be added to that. More guys you get out on that list, the linebackers. I mean, pretty much the whole defensive line, so that's pretty much that. Um, I guess final thoughts to wrap this up. They played, you know... Some hard football. They fought, you could say. Um, it's a loss. It brought us down to earth. But there's definitely things to work on going against the Bears. And I think people thought that the Bears was going to be some easy win. I think people thought that the Bears were going to get their doors blown off. I think it's going to be a pretty close game till the end. Because, to be fair, it's two rebuilding football teams. So, um, with that being said, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate you all coming back. Um, you know, do all the good stuff. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate the new subscribers. Short podcast. That means, you know, talking about a loss. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Peace.